4: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN.
3: Okay, Happy Labor Days! We welcome you in. our two, Lombardi Line. It's VSIN the sports betting network. He's Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. We go coast to coast. I'm Patrick Maher here in Los Angeles. Just quickly, Michael, I don't think this will surprise you. BetMGM reporting: seventy-eight percent of the bets, eighty-nine percent of the handle on Clemson tonight opened at BetMGM nineteen. All the way up to 23.5, of course, will close out week one college football in Atlanta, in Atlanta with Georgia Tech, who's dealing with a huge roster turnover with a ton of transfers leaving in the portal. No surprise, 78% of the bets, 89% of the handle right now on Clemson.
5: No doubt. I mean, look, I, like I said earlier, I think the people don't even realize it was a 14-8 game last year. It was close, yep. as bad as Georgia Tech played. So. You know, we're going to learn a lot about both programs, specifically Clemson. Is their quarterbacking position nailed down, or are they going to have to go through a little bit of a transition like oftentimes happens?
3: If you want the splits, which are important for betters, make sure you become a VSIN Pro subscriber because you get the splits in the Pro Tools package over there at VSIN.com slash subscribe. Okay, let's get back to some of this line movement week one because as as we just talked about, we're going to kick off week one on Thursday here at SoFi with the champs hosting Uh, In the market, the favorites to be the champs, the Buffalo Bills. But there's a game in particular that we talked about with Thomas that I want to get your take on. So this is Mm -hmm. what's considered reverse line movement. The numbers are in favor of Tennessee as far as the handle and the money, yet we've seen the number go the Giants' way. This number open, I'm looking at MGM right now, this number open Tennessee 6.5, and and they're sitting 5.5. That 6 is a key number. Are you surprised to see the number come the Giants' way? This is going to be played in Tennessee.
5: Well, I I am, but I'm not. I mean, partly because I think this is a reflection of Tennessee. Are they any good? Do we think they're any good? I mean, we haven't seen Robert Woods as an outside receiver. You know, we know they've lost a lot of players, lost offensive linemen. Henry's coming back. But we know the Giants, their front is probably the strength of their team, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Wink Martindale can play the run. You can scheme up to stop a great runner. It's hard to stop the great passer. And so Tannehill relies so much on play-action pass. He relies so much on being able to yards after the catch. That And that's missing in this offense. Traylon Burks, is he going to be make a difference? I don't know. I think this is – I know the Titans were a playoff team. But they're going to have to win the game with defense, the kicking game, and not turning the ball over. It'll be, a, To me, it's a closer game because the Giants can't play against the track meet. They can't let Daniel Jones go out there and throw it 40 times. But if they're playing against a team who's going to play close to the vest, they got a chance. They can make a couple plays here. They've got good skill players if they can protect. Now, that's going to be the challenge. Can they block this front of the Tennessee Titans? I think the other factor here is heat and humidity we saw it you know down in Gainesville on Saturday night you know the heat and humidity in the south you're feeling it in Los Angeles all the, the this is going to impact a lot of games i mean san diego state played arizona the hottest game ever in the history of san diego they were over 100 degrees there guys were melting like crazy i think that's what we have to really keep an eye on to understand line movement this week is how how much depth there are but i i think this line is more reflection of Tennessee being overvalued than it is the Giants being good. And can we talk about a significant
3: development out of Tennessee which relies as you just mentioned so heavily on that dominant play in the trenches, Harold Landry, the vet pass yeah. rusher. He's out for the year with an ACL, you know, over 4 seasons there with Tennessee, 31 sacks last year he had 12 sacks. That's a huge loss for the Titans and Landry. Huge
5: loss. It's it's one of their front seven guys that they have to have, you know, and and that's where they put pressure. That's where they create the turnovers. And that's where they'll get Daniel Jones to have to speed up his game. And can he do that? You know, it's funny. So I ran all my numbers to, to over the weekend and got my board lined up. Now, again, my numbers are based on last year's last year's statistical with this year influxing in the the coaching staffs and the coordinators and all those elements. I had this as a three and a half point game. Wow. You know, I had this as a three and a half point game. Based on last year, this year's number. So I I but again, I last year Tennessee, if you for me, Tennessee was when I go back and look at Tennessee, one, two, three, six, I mean, Tennessee was below Baltimore, who didn't make the playoffs in my power rankings last year.
3: So you had the twelve and five. Remember, they got a first round bye and lost to Cincinnati. You had the twelve and five Titans behind the
5: Ravens. Interesting, behind the Ravens, yeah, and, and the power rankings because their numbers were not great. I mean, give Rabel credit. I mean, he did a remarkable job with that team last year. They won a lot of close games. You know, they were you know, Buffalo's. You know, they but they won all their home games, right? Buffalo Josh Allen slips. He's going to get a first down. Buffalo's going to win that game, but they but Tennessee won. I mean they beat they, they beat the Colts because they turned up. Look, I'm not taking anything away from Tennessee, but you lose you lose not that Julio was great, but you lose an outside receiver in Julio. You lose AJ Brown. You're losing these guys that make a difference for your offense, and they really haven't done a great job of replacing them. So I I could see why this line is moving to the Giants because I just don't see. The Titans being an elite team, do I think they can make the playoffs? If they play great defense, if they run the ball, they don't turn it over. That's their formula. That is their formula. Now, last year, too, if you remember last year when we got started, they were not very good coming out of the block. They were not good. They got killed by Tennessee in Nashville last year. So, you know, it takes them a little bit of time to get going. I think they've got a lot of moving pieces on their team. And Tannehill, to me, if, if Martindale puts pressure on Tannehill and forces him to play fast, he'll turn the ball over. If you were in the mood
3: to fade Tennessee, I think what solidifies it is the Landry injury because I think it's insurmountable. I mean, that is so huge. Listen, it was a 12-5 and team. They won the South, Michael, but they didn't make any major additions in free agency. They're expecting a lot out of a rookie quarterback in Burks, excuse me, a rookie wide receiver in Traylon Burks. Like, this is a team that didn't really – Go nuts in free agency, almost resting on their laurels, and now you lose Landry. That's a big loss.
5: Well, they lose their starting left guard. They lost their starting left guard, Saffold. They're going to replace him with Aaron Brewer, whether he's good or not. They're, you know, and so they're going to rely on. They've had drafts where they haven't had players. You know, and, and I think to me, it, it's going to be a challenge. Are they good enough up front? The right tackle, Dylan uh, Redunce, I mean, he's you know he was a second round pick last year. Is he going to be good enough to play? I don't know. Lawan, they get back. Now, they missed some parts of him last year, but to me, I I am not in love with their team. Austin Hooper's their starting tight end who got cut by Cleveland. You know, Jeff Swam got cut by the Giants, I mean, by the Cowboys. I mean, now they've got a young rookie that they feel like he can develop, but the strength of this team is their front seven. It's how are we going to block Jeffrey Simmons? How are we going to block Bud Dupree? How are we going to keep David Long from running to the football? How's, how are we going to handle Zach Cunningham when he's blitzing? That's their strength. That's not the secondary. It's their front. And when they lose a rusher like they did, you can throw the ball. I mean, there's nobody in their secondary. I say, oh, I'm not going. Now, we'll see if Kaleeb Farrelly is good enough. But this Tennessee team is really well coached by Vrabel. I just don't know how talented they are.
3: They're dogs in division. They won the South last year. Indianapolis a minus one thirty favorite. This is over at DraftKings. Tennessee's plus one seventy five. Does Indiana deserve to be a minus one thirty favorite in the South?
6: I,
5: I think they do because I think they're they're going to get better quarterbacking play. They're going they've got a good running game. Everybody's worried about their skill players, but they're going to. Matt Ryan excelled in the play action pass game when he had it in Atlanta. Matt Ryan's actually going to get protected for the first time in a long time. You know he got the crap beat out of him in Atlanta. He's going to get protected, so I do think that. I think their defense is, is going to play better, I think, with, with with the addition of Gus Bradley, who I think the system's got to change, but with John Fox in there to help them in the red zone. Remember last year with Iberflus, you could move the ball on the, on the Colts. They just turned you over. You got lost. The, the turnovers kind of deflected your view of how they weren't that great on defense by scheme, by scheme. Now I think they'll have a better chance with, with a little bit of a modification within their scheme and their the development. They were terrible in the red zone last year, and I think Fox is there to help them do that.
3: A.J. Brown's in Philly. This Titan team hanging on by a thread at that position because Robert Woods, who's stellar, he can do more than catch the ball, but he's always injured. So you go Woods, yeah. one, and then Traylon
5: Burks, two, as a rookie, That's that's thin. Yeah, but... Here's the other thing. I think the other missing link to this, too. Robert Woods was not the number one receiver there. Cooper Cup was. Robert right. Woods was the piece that fit. He played off of Cup. Cup got the coverage. Now you go to play him. Martindale's going to make sure he takes. Wh- where are we going with the ball? Where's the ball going if we do that? That's going to be a challenge.
3: So just to be clear, and we're going to do this obviously with a proper. Lombardi line on Sunday, the 11th. Just to be clear, this number is sitting at Tennessee 5.5. The Lombardi line is 3.5 on Tennessee hosting the Giants.
6: Yeah.
5: I mean, and, and again, you know, when I go back and look at my lines from last year and compare, you know, because that's what you have to do. You're using Apple, you know, where were my lines last year? They actually ended up being somewhat closer to the line. I, and you've got to play a little bit of feel. you got to pay attention to the, to the, to the, You've got to pay close attention, really, to the to the weather. I think weather is so impactful. Like, for example, let's take Baltimore, the Jets. You're talking about that line moving. I have it as a seven point eight game.
3: You have the Ravens laying seven and a half, seven point eight. Pardon me. Mm-hmm.
5: mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I it's sure seven do. on
3: the board, and there's a couple six yep. and a
5: halves out there as well.
3: Baltimore week one yeah. at the
5: Jets. So, so it's just kind of like you, but that's last year's numbers. So. Like Tennessee to me, I don't think Tennessee is better than they were last year, and I had them in the middle of the pack last year.
3: If Rabel's listening, he's going to take that quote from Michael. And I know you respect the hell out of Rabel, but he's going to say, well, I think Rabel's done a remarkable job. Yeah, it's actually credit to Rabel because it's a 12 win team. Middle of the pack. Yeah, it's it's actually a credit to him. It's a
5: credit to Rabel, and it's a discredit to the Colts. I had the Colts ranking significantly higher than by their numbers, just by their sheer numbers, than, than I did the Titans. Michael Lombardi,
3: the Cowboys have added a vet to that offensive front. Try to bolster it with all the injuries. When we come back, we'll tell you who it is and will he make a difference. That's coming up next here on the Lombardi Line. You can find us at vsin Live on Twitter, vcin.com. You can find Michael M Lombardi NFL. It's the Lombardi Line on Labor Day. It's v the Esports Betting Network.
4: Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year,
5: You're listening to The Lombardi Line on vSen, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
3: Okay. I was just perusing the Rams and the NFL betting guide during the break. You can pick up the betting guide, but remember you have to become a VEASAN pro. You have to become a VEASAN subscriber. It's very simple to do. It's 70 cents a day, 175 bucks through the Super Bowl. Half off right now, go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe, become a VEASAN pro. You're not just going to get the guides, both college and pro. You'll get Michael Lombardi exclusive articles. You get point spread weekly and you get all the tools. Uh, like the splits, everything we offer over there when you come up, v Pro. It's college and pro football season. It's time to make some cash. v slash subscribe. Okay, we teased to Jason Peters. He signed with the practice squad there with the Cowboys, but bigger news here, Michael Lombardi. Remember, the Steelers are going to start off against the Bengals this year. They've named their five captains. Miles Killebrew, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Najee Harris, Mitchell Trubisky. So, what does yes. that mean? There it Mitchell is. Trubisky has been named the captain. He will be the starter, my assumption. Michael, you take it.
5: Well, I mean, on our board, that we look at the live odds board that you and I kind of go through on the betting splits is they've already put Trubisky in as the starter, and it didn't affect the number. Now, Circa, for some reason, doesn't have a number on the game, but everybody else is at 6.5. Under the score, I don't think it would have... Ma- I mean, it might have gone to seven and a, seven if it would have been Pickett. I don't know. But to me, this is what we talked about. I mean, Mike Tomlin... Smart, going on the road, playing against Cincinnati. Again, I'm going to say this over and over. These opening games are like playoff games. Everybody's into it. The fans are excited. The enthusiasm within the building. Everybody thinks they have a chance. Bad teams. How many teams have we seen over the years win opening day and then lose? How about Indianapolis when they beat the Colts opening day and killed everybody in the Survivor, and then their team went to hell for the rest of the year, right? So bad teams can win opening day. So you got to go into opening day understanding how not to lose the game. And I think Trubisky, even though he is prone to mistakes, gives him a better chance to just starting a rookie against a team that just played in the Super Bowl with a defense that is somewhat complicated to figure out.
3: I thought I'd tease you a little bit, a little cliffhanger, leaving the fifth captain out. Was it going to be Pickett? Was it going to be Trubisky? It's going to be Trubisky, one of the five captains for the Steelers. Michael, speaking of that number... Hit at since early window on 9 11, that number is yet to hit seven. So it opened six and a half. I'm looking at a bunch of books right now, none have hit seven. Where do you expect that to close? Because everybody is blanketed across the board right now. Cincinnati hosting Pittsburgh laying six and a half.
5: Uh, I don't think it'll, I think that number will come back towards six. I, I think you've got to take into account opening day. Even though Pittsburgh isn't great, they uh, they can create turnovers. One of the things Cincinnati did a wonderful job of after the 49er game that they lost, they stopped turning the ball over. Only two turnovers from that point forward the rest of the season. And I think it was like eight games, Patrick, counting the, pl- counting the two playoffs and the Super Bowl. So they've done a good job of protecting the football. Pittsburgh needs turnovers. They need extra possessions. Cincinnati's defensive front will give them trouble. But these are always close games. I mean... These are always close games, and I am sup- I don't think this line is ever going anywhere near seven. I think it comes back to six. Uh, maybe, you know, does it hit five and a half? I don't think so. I think six, between six and six and a half is the number.
3: Let's back up a little bit and get our pro tip for our VEASAN Pro subscribers, and that is, you mentioned, and I like the way you put it, you said week one. This is like the playoffs. Can you expound upon that as far as week one in the yeah. NFL kind of rivaling well, I, a, a playoff atmosphere?
5: Let, let me give you this example. So the Patriots are, are getting ready to play Miami. They're going go to they're gonna fly to Miami tomorrow to practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday down there before they play the game. Why are they doing that? Well, first, they want to kind of get acclimated to the heat and humidity. That's one. Two, they really don't have much to study on the game. They don't, McDaniels showed nothing this summer in his offense of what he's going to be. Very basic. They know Josh Boyer, what he's going to run. He coached there at New England. So there's not a lot of data points to go over. Just like you and me, we sit here. There's not a lot of data points to go over for the games. Everybody's played it close to the vest. We're trying to figure it out. We don't have statistics. We don't have who's playing, who's going to do this. So it's a it's a free-for-all. And because it's a free-for-all, there's a lot of unexpected things that happen you change coverages, you do something you didn't show, you do completely a new thing, you change what you're doing offensively, you take more chances, you're kicking game, you run an onside kick, you kind of mess around with it a little bit, right? And so I think that that allows bad teams to win. I mean, bad teams can upset. So I think there is a, a sense of week one is don't handicap week one remembering what was last year. One of the key things we have to remember, and I'm going to remind this, is a saying that I we used all the time in the NFL, and I think it applies here. Then is then. Now is now. Then was last week. Then was last season. Now is now. And I think that's how we have to look at week one. You know, yeah, it's easy to say, well, you know, Houston's, you know, Indianapolis. Bad teams can win in week one. There's no doubt. And so the do- and we've got so many home dogs. Think about it. 10 of 16. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, w- yep. nothing will... So if Houston beat Indy in week one, it wouldn't... So I think it's the hardest week to pick Survivor. I think it's the hardest week to pick Survivor because there's such unpredictability. You know, I, 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 if I were, you say, well, it's easy. Just take San Francisco or just take Baltimore. Well, okay, Baltimore locked a lot of people out of Survivor last year when they lost in Miami, when Miami was playing like crap.
3: Or didn't Pittsburgh
5: go this to last year? This is a hard week to do. This is a hard week Yeah, exactly. In opening day.
3: Okay. That was our a, hard for the Remember, Michael, a hard week to handicap. Remember, Michael, when you become a VEASAN pro. And and I, I want to reiterate something you said. Remember, you get twenty pro tips, all categorized and very easy to find when you become a VCN Pro subscriber, VCN.com slash subscribe. One thing you just said there though that I wanna just kinda elaborate upon, you mentioned throwing out last year. I think that's Sometimes it's like that's the bias, and that's hard to do. Where everybody, their last impression, your, our last impression of these 32 teams is what we last saw, but so much yeah. changes in an offseason.
5: And, and I'm the I'm one out here giving tips, and I, and I did the same thing when it came to Ohio State. I felt like they were going to carry over from the Rose Bowl into the week one. That offense was just going to generate itself and just improve, and it didn't happen. It was a great reminder for us. Then is then, now is now. Don't get caught up in it. Remember last year, Green Bay couldn't get a first down in week one. They went down to Tampa and I think they had like no, they couldn't do anything. They had a pull, They pull Rodgers out of the game, right? So, you know, when you go back through and look at some of the team's execution in week one last year, which is what I, you know, I always do this only because I feel like it just gives you a sense of who's playing well and who's not. And You know, you could see, like, Tennessee wasn't very good last year in opening weekend. Their execution was horrible, whereas Arizona's really good. Kansas City, I think they've lost one game since Andy Reid's been there in 13 on opening day. He's very good. He gets his team ready. But you could see it in the preseason. He plays this guy. Now, that doesn't mean they win, but he plays their guys. I said this on on my podcast. The preseason doesn't mean everything, but it does mean some things. It does mean some things. And you got to figure out what those some things are.
3: Throw it up there, Stephen Bond. A great philosopher once said, if not now, when? I think it was Confucius, or was it Michael Lombardi? <laughs> NFL, then is then, now is now. Our last impression of teams won't dictate how they will perform. Again, every pro tip is searchable at vsyn.com two th- couple things one death taxes and uh, Kingsbury's teams will play well to start the season and completely fall apart to end the season you mentioned Arizona um, and I think that's important some of these some of these coaches are better at getting teams off to a hot start and then the galvanization falls apart I mean Kingsbury's teams back to Texas Tech fall apart as the season progresses that's just the way it goes
5: Right, and so when you add like last year, we had seven rookie, co- we had seven first-time coaches. So Robert Saleh opens up last year with a rookie. He's a rookie head coach, and he's got a rookie quarterback. His execution was a disaster. His execution the first month of the season was a disaster, as a complete team, you know. And so you you got to take that into account. You've got to study these new coaches, okay, and think where are they? How are they? How have they prepared their team to start off with? And what's the matchup like? Like Seattle playing Denver, right? Denver's coming in. Denver's going to run West Coast offense day one. They know it. Seattle knows it. They've got Clint Hurdle as their new defense coordinator. He's got a distinctive advantage because he knows what Denver's going to run, but Denver really doesn't know what he's running.
3: I have a question for you. We were just talking about the Giants, and they open up in Tennessee. It was just announced by Dayball that Mike Kafka is going to be calling the plays for the Giants. Does that surprise you that Dayball's not calling no. his own
5: plays? No, no. I think Dayball wants to become the head coach of the team. I think he wants to let Kafka do it. I think he's, he needs to step back and manage the three elements of the game, offense, defense, and the kicking game. He's going to have his role on the offense. He's, going to, he's not going to go in there and tell the defense what to do. He's going to be involved with the offense, but the actual implementation of the game He's probably, he probably to get Kafka out of Kansas City, he probably said, hey, you can call the plays. And I think it's a smart play. It takes him step back. I mean, look, Nick Sariani doesn't call the plays either in Philly. I think sometimes as a head coach, you're better off watching the game, analyzing the game, seeing how the game goes, making those adjustments, coaching the coaches, than you are calling the plays. We make way too much, way too much. We only talk about the offensive play call. We never talk about the defensive play call. Never. We never talk about him. He's a he's the, uh, the the abominable snowman. We never talk about that guy.
3: I dare you at some point during the season to wear one of those Sirianni visors on the Lombardi line. You know, like the visor, like Peterson and Sirianni What's, both wear. You want to wear one?
5: Well, I put my pen in it too.
3: <laughs> Sharpie. Clemson just went to twenty-four. Georgia ah. Tech in Atlanta. Pritchard joins us next. We're going to take a deep dive.
5: Listening to the Lombardi line on vSend, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
3: Okay, before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game, including Clemson Georgia Tech tonight. The betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes, so you can see the changes in the action. Find out where the public is betting based on a number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits available. Remember, you got to become a VEASAN Pro. It's part, part of our Pro Tools Package getting the betting splits as we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line. Speaking of becoming a pro, you get deep dives when you become a pro and VEASAN has a team of experts on every sport, none better Michael Lombardi than Mike Pritchard as we welcome Pritch into the show and Pritch, we were just talking during the break and first off, thanks for joining us, Pritch. We were just talking during the break. Mitch Trubisky has been named a captain one of five for the Steelers. Michael made a great point. We don't Tomlin doesn't name him a captain if he's going to get benched in week three. Correct.
2: Correct. Correct. Great to be with you guys, too, as always, guys. Um, You know, it's interesting because it depending on the team, like sometimes the team can vote on captains and then uh, sometimes you can still vote on captains. But yet the coaches still decide who the captains are going to be. Uh, but, you know, I, I think <laughs> Pittsburgh has incredible culture. Uh, and they know how vital it is to have a, a true leader out there. It's a young team from a skilled position standpoint. Uh, and there's no better captain out there, in my opinion, uh, than the quarterback. Uh, you empowered the quarterback this way. And Mitchell Trubisky, uh, certainly with some experience in the league, uh, now has that empowerment. And I think that's a great deal for for the Steelers this year.
5: You know, I think it's exactly the, you know, one thing you do in an off season, Michael, is you make a plan, right? You, you Look, here's our plan. We're going to draft a guy. We're going to sign Trubisky. Hopefully we get the quarterback. If we don't get the quarterback, we go with Trubisky. But unless this quarterback is so sensational, then let's gradually build him in and give some time. You know, the most popular position, as you know, on a football team is to back up quarterback. And I think this is the best thing for Pickett. I, to go into Cincinnati as a rookie to play against a team like that, I think it's going to be would be really challenging.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you think about the first game of the year too, Michael, and uh, how important that game is. I mean, you want everybody on the same page. I think the fans could have a role in this. It, we, you, know, you see it each and every year. Like, like you just mentioned, Michael, the backup quarterback's the most popular guy, especially if he's a high draft pick. And so when are the fans going to start screaming, hey, we want it. We want ticket if Trubisky has a bad game or a bad play. By naming him a captain, uh and having the team rally behind Mitchell Trubisky, now Mitchell Trubisky can block that out too. You know, this is my team. Uh here I am the leader, I'm the alpha. Uh now if I if I stumble, that's on me. But certainly I'll have a chance by being empowered to lead this team the way that we I need to.
3: What does it mean when a quarterback isn't named the captain? <laughs>
2: That's a great question. i would never been in that situation, Patrick, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I played with some some greats, obviously, Elway and, and Warren Moon. And, uh, you know, the places I've been, um, you, you can have a, a group of guys. And the Steelers, they do. They have several guys that are captains. But I, I think the quarterback is the alpha. The quarterback has to be the alpha. Uh, You can have alphas on the defensive side of the ball, but those guys still look up to that quarterback uh, if there's a certain level of respect. But if there's an instance in which the quarterback is not named a captain, then then I think there's some underlying uh, issues in there. I think a locker room could perhaps be a weak locker room.
5: You know, it's funny, too. And I want to hit you on this is from a player perspective. These interdivisional matchups, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, they're always tight, and this line's at six and a half. Now, I know Pittsburgh on paper doesn't look like a good team, but you've played at these kind of games. When you were in Atlanta, New Orleans, no matter what New Orleans was or what Atlanta was, it was always a close game, right? I mean, right. don't you feel that's the similar as you go through the league?
2: I think so, Michael. I mean, you have familiarity. Uh, like, uh, I know it's like a joint practice or something. I mean, I know those guys across the field, I know what their tendencies are. I know what they like to do. I, I kind of know when they tip certain things, you know, if they're trying to disguise a coverage as a wide receiver, I kind of know that, uh, am I good enough Did I work on my game well enough, uh, to make sure that I'm going to perform at a, at a high level. And that's what it's about. I, nobody's going to fool anybody out there. Both these teams are healthy. Uh, you would think it's the first game of the year. It's a great unknown too, but as a player guys, I was I was feeling highly confident when we played the Saints or even the 49ers or in Denver. You know, you're playing Kansas City. I mean, you know the guy across from you because you play them so many times, and so therefore you have that high level of confidence that's needed.
3: v lead NFL analyst Mike Pritchard joining us here on the Lombardi line just, what, three days away from kicking off the 2022 NFL season. Can't wait so far with the Rams hosting the Bills. Just circling back on that Pittsburgh-Cincinnati matchup. By proxy of where they play, Cincinnati, they're being slept on. I mean, they were in the Super Bowl last year. You don't hear a ton of buzz, Pritch, about the Bengals. Their regular season win total at DraftKings is sitting at 10. You got to pay some juice to the under. you you feel like the the Cincinnati Bengals are being slept on a little bit here?
2: I kind of do. I kind of do. I am worried about the timing, though, of Joe Burrow and, and the fact that he didn't have a lot of time in training camp to work with these guys because of the surgery that he had. But there's a ton of continuity. I love the fact, and really, guys, this is what I gravitated towards last year. Uh, when you have a young core, guys 25 years or younger, uh, and they did something that has never been done in the history of the, super, uh, of the league, I think that was incredible. And, and now you're going to build on that with roster that had you had added pieces to, uh, in particular the offensive line. I mean, Joe Burrow performed like that, guys, in, in the face of, of repeated repeated sack games i mean it was volumes at at times for for joe burrow but yet the kids still stood in there strong and delivered the pat the passes that were needed uh you got a tremendous supporting cast like i mentioned And i think defensively they could be better so now if you're cincinnati you've proven to yourselves that you can do it uh as a young team and so now you just got to get better out there and i think they will be better this year
5: Yeah, I think they will be. And I think Joe Mixon's going to have a huge year for them. I really do. I think Joe Mixon is so talented Mm -hmm. in catching the ball and running with it. It, I would keep him on the field all the time. Every time they put Perrine on the field, they're doing the defense a favor. So I I would do that. The question is – can Pittsburgh hold up? Are they going to be able to protect the passer well enough against a really good Cincinnati pass rush that turned the ball over at the end of the year? Cincinnati's defense, to me, is the un, is the kind of the sleeper in all this. They they held you know they they did a good job in the second half against Mahomes. They did mm-hmm. a really good job against the Rams. I mean, this is the challenge Trubisky faces against a good defense.
2: Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, you know they they actually had two different game plans defensively against Patrick Mahomes and. Uh, that second half was really uh, difficult for, for Kansas City as they tried to adjust. Uh, and that's something we've seen in the playoffs over the years, or, or in, in certain Super Bowls, too, where you have one game plan defensively, and, okay, you change it. So you're constantly making that offense adjust. Uh, and they're never really settled out there. And we saw that with Patrick Mahomes. So the ingenuity right there by the Cincinnati Bengals, I think, was top-notch. You know, to your question, Michael, Pittsburgh they do have offensive line issues, but I will say this last year, their play selection, 63% pass, 37% run. And primarily that was because of Big Ben. Yeah. Uh, I think Big Ben being set in his ways, a legendary quarterback. Canada's going to have uh, more leeway. I think he's going to have more involvement in the game plans. Obviously, you got a two dual threat kind of quarterback now with Trubisky. I think they're going to skew that more towards a run. Therefore, protecting that offensive line a little bit more. To me, they have to do that this year.
5: No doubt. No doubt. And look, Najee Harris led the league in, in touches last year. So mm-hmm. as bad as they were, they were getting the ball to one of their better players. But I agree with you. I think then last year, you know, with bat ball, with the Pittsburgh's offense is completely erase it from your memory because that was tailored around a quarterback who didn't want to do anything but throw the ball quickly and stay in shotgun.
2: <laughs> right, right, and you could imagine the discussions, guys, in, in that meeting room, you know, and and what is Canada really? It is it, sad to say this, but it happens. I mean, I don't know how much power or empowerment Canada had when when you're dealing with Big Ben, and he wants to do the things that he's been used to doing. Uh, and you're trying to change the offense. So there was some friction out there. They still got to the playoffs, though, which was incredible. And, you know, Tomlin, whatever job he's doing, I mean, it's it's, it's incredible to think about. But uh, now they're going to have to do it a different way, and I think it's the preferred method uh, this year for them.
3: Just a quick callback. You both like Mixon this year. Last year rushed for Joe Mixon. Of course, Cincinnati rushed for over 1,200 yards. If you like him, get over to DraftKings because his rush total on the prop is set at 1,050 and a half. So he goes for over 1,200 mixing last year, and his prop is set, Michael, at 1,050 and a half this year for rushing yards and Mixon.
5: I mean, between Najee Harris running behind the worst line in football and Mixon running behind the second worst line in football, those are remarkable numbers. <laughs>
3: I'll yes, get to sir. Najee Harris's <laughs> number as well. We're going to continue with Vison's lead NFL analyst coming up next year. Mike Pritchard joins us as we take a deep dive. Just quickly, boys, wanted to mention this. A better at BetMGM wagered $75,000 on Clemson at minus $2,500 to beat Georgia Tech tonight. So investing $75,000 to win $3,000 tonight on Clemson. Clemson has won 30 straight games as a favorite of three touchdowns or more. That's from our That's buddy so John bad. Ewing. <laughs>
5: yeah. <laughs> so 75,000. Wow. I'd, I'd have to There's take a pro tip to Pritch. for you. Don't do that. Don't do that. As Dr. <laughs> Phil would say, don't do that.
3: 75,000 to win 3,000. A better is all in on Clemson football tonight. We continue with Pritch next here, Lombardi line.
4: Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: What's up? I'm John Wall.
6: And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year,
5: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN. Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
3: Okay, BetMGM, of course, is the king of sports books. Unleash the spirit of Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. So every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM reward points that you can redeem for online bonus credits, like free bets, risk-free tokens. And if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert those BetMGM points into reward points that you can use towards dining, shows, hotel rooms. It's awesome. It's the best loyalty program in the game, only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Got to be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. We are taking a deep dive with Mike Pritchard, VEASAN's lead NFL analyst here on the Lombardi line, as we welcome you back on a Labor Day. He, of course, is Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. Uh, John Ewing, our partner over at BetMGM, reported a better over at BetMGM, laid 75000 to win 3000 on Clemson tonight, Clemson, of course, up to 24 as far as laying it in Atlanta. Michael Lombardi with a VEASAN pro tip, which we can throw up there. Lay 75000 to win 3000 It's pretty simple. Here's our pro tip. Don't do that. That is a... Don't that do that. Is a,
5: you can, everything you we do is risk and reward, right? I mean, everything is... You're risking so much for such a little reward, you know, you've got to be able to balance that. Anybody that will listen to the show that wants to do a uh, betting, and, and we are the stock market, so it's a it's a dumb play just because somebody's got seventy five thousand dollars to throw around. You know, is he going to lose it? I doubt it, right? I doubt it, but it's not a smart play. We've seen we've seen things happen. I just think, to me, understanding risk reward is really the pro betting tip, and don't do that when the risk is far greater than the reward.
3: Become a VEASAN pro to get illuminating tips. Like don't do that. Now a couple of things before we bring Pr- that's Pritch from back, Dr. Phil about,
5: actually. He, remember <laughs> well, when it, that's what remember I Dr. Know. Phil would have those people on the show. They want, I want to stop smoking. Well, every time don't do that, you know, well, okay. That, that's really great advice. Dr. Phil don't do it. Okay. I'll stop smoking. Well, no that's problem. what I
3: was going to say. I I learned uh, that you and Stephen bond were big, Dr. Phil fans, because Bon erupted with laughter when you said don't do that. <laughs> I had no clue what neither of you were talking about, hand to God. I didn't know that Dr. Phil – so his, so he's made millions on television by telling people telling not people to don't do it. Just
5: telling people don't do it. Don't do it in a southern it, accent. Don't do it. Okay, great. I won't do it. I'll stop doing I thought doing that was that George right, Bush.
3: Remember George Bush? Not going to do it. <laughs> not going to raise taxes as we bring Mike Pritchard back in, VEASAN's lead NFL analyst. Pritch, don't do it is the pro tip. Now let's go to Thursday night we were just talking about the Rams being in a spot where maybe they feel a little disrespected coming off the championship. Here comes Buffalo and Buffalo's lane two and a half. That's coming up in three nights as we kick off the NFL season. Uh, I think I heard during the break, you like Buffalo in this matchup.
2: I do. And before we get to it, I wouldn't even do that bet with a rookie's money Uh, talking about, man, that's just so much risk right there. You're right. Don't do it. But uh, no, I like Buffalo. I mean, I, the Rams got hot down the stretch last year, uh, but they got hot for specific reasons. You know, they added Odell Beckham Jr. They added Von Miller, uh, and then they got hot. Uh, and a lot of people are talking about McVay and Week 1, uh, home openers in particular, but certainly Week 1 success, 5-0 and o, uh, in his career. But those were against some suspect teams. I mean, I'll throw in the Cowboys and the Panthers, uh, Cam Newton and certainly the Cowboys. Those were close games. But the Raiders were coming off four wins uh, transitioning and certainly the Colts were transitioning post put uh, post Peyton Manning. So I'm not going to buy into that trend as much because the caliber of opponent. I'm looking at the Buffalo Bills that added Von Miller at the beginning of the year and, and the defense that only allowed 17 points a game. They're built to stop the pass. They only allowed 12 passing touchdowns the entire regular season last year. Uh, they are built to stop the pass like I mentioned. So uh, the strength to me uh, is going to be Stafford and, and what he can do with uh, throwing a football. Uh, I just think the environment is not going to be too big for Buffalo either. I think Buffalo's on a mission and I don't mind laying the
5: two and a half year. Yeah, I do think Buffalo's on a mission, but 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 I'll push back a little bit on Buffalo's defense. I don't think they played great quarterbacks last year. And when you study the quarterbacks that they played, the mm-hmm. Mahomes, this twice, they gave up 500 yards the second time. Brady, over 400 yards. You know, so I think this is going to be, a, to me, this is going to be a great test, Mike, as we move forward analyzing Buffalo, how they match up to elite quarterbacks. I think it's going to be a really good test. And I agree with you. Look, McVeigh on the other side... Last year, he opened up against Chicago at home, and, and they didn't play well, but they won and covered. They didn't play well, but they won and covered. So I don't know if I could read anything into that, how well his teams will be when you play at this level, when you play somebody of this caliber to open the season. Yeah,
2: absolutely, Michael. I mean, to to your point, too, I mean, those quarterbacks, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford, he's a great one. He really is. Uh, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer or not, um, but, wow, it's, you know, I, I. When you have Tampa Bay and they rely on what Tom Brady does I mean they skew their their pass run ratio almost to seventy percent. Yeah that gets difficult you're right I Von Miller I'm, I'm counting on him being a difference maker I think you know adding to that side of the ball and what they do. Uh, I think the combinations of safeties too, uh Is uh, is off the charts for Buffalo but yeah I mean you make a valid point I it's one of those things where from a personnel standpoint, the toughness aspect was missing to me from Buffalo. And I think McDermott will do a good job of getting that out of the guys this year. But uh, I, I, the matchups, uh, on paper at least, uh, they seem like, like uh, that's a good play for me to lay it with, with the Bills here.
3: Mr. Bill, Stephen Bond reports the Bills won't have Trey White cornerback to start to add to your mm-hmm. dubiousness as far as the that backfield defensively. Yeah. Uh, Pritch just said something that you reacted to. Michael's been on a Hall of Fame kick. Does the championship yeah. get Stafford into the Hall of Fame?
5: Uh, you know, I think Stafford's numbers and certainly his numbers have always been there. You know, I, I think the predicated based on who else has gotten in, I think he does have a Hall of Fame career number-wise. I think because of that title that he won there, if he wins another one, it's a lock. I think there's no doubt about that. So, yeah, I, I would say that's probably the case because you're letting players in that didn't win titles. I mean, Warren Moon threw for a ton of yards, never won a title. They only played in one conference championship game down there. I mean, one of the greatest teams in the history of football that never really could win. And it wasn't Moon's fault. It was a lot of the dysfunction within their organization. So, yeah, I I think this is the problem. Once you let somebody in with a standard below, everybody else can get in.
3: The What people may not understand about Mike Pritchard is he's the teaser king. He loves to bet him a <laughs> teaser in the NFL. I can guarantee you, Pritch, the standard tease, six points. I can guarantee you the most popular tease in week one is Baltimore down to lane one at the Jets, coupled with San Francisco down, down to lane one at the Bears. Do you concur?
2: I do. I do. I have a syndicate, guys. What are you talking about? Teaser king. I That's got a right. syndicate. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm a part of, but uh, yeah, no, I like it. You know, the great unknown uh, in week one so much. And uh, you, a lot of people have talked about Trey Lance for sure, but I, I think Kyle is going to unveil an offense that we just haven't seen uh, and and certainly accentuate what Trey Lance can do uh, and move away from what he was doing a little bit with Garoppolo. And uh, that's why, to me, you covet a guy like Trey Lance. And, and so I'm looking for a creative offense that involves all six eligibles And that's going to be hard to prepare for if you're Chicago. And Chicago, to me, doesn't have the roster that they used to to help them do that. Uh, And then on the other side, I mean, the whole Zach Wilson and Flacco quarterback drama here playing out. uh, I thought Robert Sala would probably do a better job of creating a culture that's more conducive of winning. But, uh, you know, it's a great unknown again. And, and, you know, Lamar Jackson, a lot of things in the air about him. I, I just feel more comfortable finding a teaser partner to the caliber of the Ravens uh, and teasing them down to pair them up with the 49ers here.
5: Hey, I will say this though. The uh, Salai had his press conference and certainly we always learn a lot when he talks and I take extensive notes, but (laughs) the, the fact is he thinks that Zach Wilson has a chance to play. You want that number to go even further up. If Zach Wilson plays, Baltimore has to be your survivor pick. If Zach Wilson plays, tease it down. I mean, they're not Zach Wilson is no more ready to play in week one, putting him out there against Baltimore's defense and having him have to move around and make plays and think fast. To me, it would be malpractice to play Zach Wilson in the first game.
3: Right. And ESPN, ESPN's reporting Pritch and Michael, Zach Wilson had his first on-field workout today. I mean, that'd be insane.
5: Yes. If you, play, you can't play him week one. I mean, you can't play in week one. You, you know, if you're Baltimore, you're hoping he's playing. You know, this is the kind of things uh, Mike can talk about this too. You're sitting there saying, uh, you know, the media is saying, who's going to play? You're like, I hope that guy plays because uh, he won't play good, you know? Right,
2: right, right, right. Totally agree with that. He wasn't ready to, and he's not prepared to play. I mean, the preseason, he still doesn't understand how to play in the National Football League. Uh, you know, a lot of people can make uh, a noise or, or, you know, you have questions about how he got injured. If you don't practice what you are as a player you're going to get injured you know he's not a yeah. guy who's an elusive runner down the field and and that was unfortunate i get it but it'd be too soon in my opinion
3: mike yeah. pritchard happy labor day buddy have a great one okay
2: you too guys enjoy thank you Take mike care.
3: appreciate you thank you Yeah, appreciate you deep dive with pritch of course Vison's lead nfl analyst michael lombardi it's going to be a bash there at the lombardi casa today enjoy it
5: yeah well, we'll miss you Patrick we'll have a toast for you don't worry look forward to it enjoy your Labor Day Patrick the next time I see you live
3: bullets man we've got the Here opening we go. of the NFL season I'm excited for it coming up next v Big Bets Dave Ross and Mall Shaw thank you happy Labor Day